Welcome to the Sharid Sedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Sharit Zedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. This is the Shabbat on which we read the story of Noah from our Torah. And tomorrow at 10.30 in the morning, we will join together on Zoom for a short, family-friendly Shabbat morning service in which we invite you all to bring your pets, whatever kind of animal they may be, onto your screen with you, and we'll be offering a special blessing for all of our pets. This is a fun tradition that we've been doing for a long time at Shari Tzedek, albeit it will be a little different on Zoom although we're very excited to see what kind of animals you might bring that maybe you couldn't bring to the synagogue in a normal year. Although I do have so many wonderful memories of not only dogs and cats, but hamsters, a snake, and even a cow uh, entering our parking lot as we've offered this blessing throughout the years. So I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning. Now, I have to be honest, I have a little, a small problem with the tradition. And don't worry, I have no intention of changing it and will even sing Rise and Shine tomorrow. But as we do, we have to admit that turning the story of Noah and the flood into a G-rated children's story is one of the stranger things that a modern Judeo-Christian society has done with this shared biblical text. The fact that children's rooms are adorned by pictures of pairs of animals joining Noah on the ark is hard to harmonize with the details of the story. As librarian, Hebrew school teacher, and blog writer Michelle Ann Shingler writes, who decided that a Bible story about God going genocidal on humanity should be the go-to for biblical picture books, stuffed toys, and nursery artwork. I couldn't have said it better myself. The story is horrible. And when we think about storms we've witnessed in our day, we can only imagine that even if the story of the ark is a transmitted myth, the truth with a capital T behind it of a people encountering a destructive storm is still a horrible one. Today, we watch spaghetti models and can prepare for the possibility of a storm. Imagine a Category 4 or 5 hurricane arriving without any warning. How many deaths must there have been to inspire a story of all humanity coming to an end, with the exception of this one 
almost righteous man who was blessed with God's warning, able to ensure the survival of all human and animal life moving forward. Imagining the scene is sickening, to say the least. And then we remember that at least according to the story, the storm was sent by God as a punishment for the people's sins, a way of starting the world over. Again, how do we tell this story to children? I suppose I could use it more often in trying to get my own kids to clean their rooms, but I know that that's not the image of God that I want my children to hold in their hearts. So before tomorrow's blessing of the animals and singing of rise and shine, I thought tonight we would think a little more in depth about what we might gain from this story in our modern world. The first place to which I turned was the Midrash, a rabbinic story that tries to make God a little bit more gracious, giving insight into the attempts God made in order to save the people. Rav Huna said in the name of Rab Yossi, we read, God forewarned the generation of the flood to repent its misdeeds for 120 years. When they refused to repent, God commanded Noah to build an ark of acacia wood. Then Noah arose, repented his sins, and planted cedar trees. The people asked him, why are you planting these cedars? God intends to bring a flood upon the earth and has ordered me to build an ark so that I and my family might escape, Noah replied. The people laughed at him and ridiculed his words. Nevertheless, he tended the trees till they grow large. We can imagine how many years it took. And once again, the people asked him, what are you doing? And he repeated what he had told them previously, but they continued to mock him. After some time, Noah cut down the trees and sawed them into lumber, building the ark. Again and again, the people inquired, what are you doing? And Noah warned them again and again as to what was happening, but they still refused to repent. Thereupon, the Midrash tells us, God brought the flood upon the earth, as it is said, and they were blotted out from the earth. This Midrash is like a strange variation of the joke about the flood victim who turns down rescue from a boat and then a helicopter, sure that God will save him. And upon drowning in the joke, the victim meets God and asks, God, why didn't you save me? I had so much faith. What do you mean? God responds. I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What more do you want? Like the joke, our Midrash tells of a God who gave ample warning, ample chances to all people to change their ways and follow Noah's example. But they chose not to listen. In the midst of a pandemic in which so many possible aids are at our fingertips and some are choosing not to use them, the parallels are obvious. But this reading of the text is almost too simple. I found a much more challenging reading from the modern poet Irving Feldman, whose 1962 National Jewish Book Award-winning collection, Works and Days and Other Poems, contained the poem Flood, written from the perspective of one of Noah's neighbors. Feldman writes, The first day it rained, we were glad, 
How could we know? The heavy air had lain about us like a scarf. The work got done. Everything seemed easier. In the streets, a little mud. With the first faint drops, a tiny breeze trembled the corn silk and the frailest leaves turned on their stems this way and that. Coming from the fields for lunch, I thought it my sweat. On the second day, streamlets ran in the furrows, the plow stuck, the oxen balked. On the third day, the rain ran from the roof like a sea. I thought I would visit town. Farmers from their farms, merchant from stores, laborers, we filled the town. I stayed with a cousin. We were told the granary was full. We could live a thousand days should the river rise impetuously. The fifth day, the clouds seemed hung from the tops of the tallest trees. The sun we did not see at all, and the rain beat down as if to crush the roof. I did not shave or write my wife. On the sixth day, we moved the women and children to the town church, built on the highest ground, hard by the granary. We finished work on the levee. The river was thick with silt. A dark drizzle started in my head. Next day, it trickled on the walls of my skull like black earth drifting down a grave. We resolved to stay in the church, come what will, that day I did not leave my bed. From where the rain and why on us, not even the wisest knows or dares guess. Did we not plan, care, save, toil? Did we lay idle or lust? Did we waste or spoil? Therefore, why on us? Now I'm editing the poem a bit for time, and if you email me, I'll send you the whole thing. But Feldman continues later on. One comes telling us Noah has built an, a boat, that through the flood he may ride about and filled it all with animals, just like the drunken fool, that woman chaser, to think of no one else. I feed my friends and kin, 29 thrived in my home, but mad Noah harangues the air or goes muttering in his cuff as though a god were up his sleeve. Who is Noah to get saved? I am a farmer. I love my wife. My sons are many and strong. My land is green. This is my cousin. He lives in town, an honest man. He rises at dawn. We were children together. Shall not the world run down? Why on us? Did we not plan? Does not black blood flow before my eyes and blackness brim inside my skull? Did we lie idle? Did we spoil? Again, I edit a bit, but Feldman's poem concludes. And some here say a dove has come. Sure, they think the sign of a god. And others say that Noah walks the street puffed with news. But bid him wait. We are busy with our flood. This is no G-rated mural, but it inspires a different kind of sympathy for the victims of the flood than the story normally brings. Now the blame is not on the neighbor, and while the neighbor places the blame on Noah, the blame is not on Noah. The blame is not on God. The sign of hope for one is the sign of destruction for the other, and the blame is on the fact that one had the resources to be saved, 
and the other a hard worker, and no more or less evil than Noah did not. And that too is a simplification. The blame is on an extremely unfortunate circumstance in which innocent lives suffer and are lost. No one is to blame, and everyone is to blame. In these two midrashim, one classic and one modern, we are reminded of the importance of seeing every story from multiple perspectives. Reality is rarely a G-rated tale of animal couples and rainbows that we would paint on our children's walls. We can see it that way if we want to. We often want to. But reality, if we allow ourselves to see it, leaves us wanting to make change, to create a story that we want to tell our children. On this Shabbat, the Noah story doesn't give me any answers that are different than those that have been suggested for the past seven months. But it does leave me with a prayer. I pray that we respond to the challenges before us in a way that leaves a very different story for our children. We cannot save every life in this flood, but neither can we sail idly by. God, give us the strength and open-mindedness to see from all perspectives. May we heal all perspectives, and may we work with all perspectives to survive this storm. And may the dove of hope for which we pray and for which we continue to work be a sign of hope and peace for all people.